Welcome to The Bid, where we break down what's happening in the markets and explore the forces changing the economy and finance. I'm your host, Oscar Polito. Artificial intelligence, or AI, is more than just a buzzword. It's a transformative force that has revolutionized industries and reshaped the way we live, work, and interact with technology. But before the age of self-driving cars, virtual assistants, and smart homes, there is a fascinating history of research, trials, and tribulations that laid the foundation for the AI-driven world we inhabit today. We can wind back the clock because when you think about artificial intelligence, if you go back to logic, go back to Aristotle, artificial intelligence as we know it today probably can date back around 1940s. In this episode, we'll delve deep into the origins of AI, tracing back to its theoretical beginnings and early aspirations. We'll uncover the pivotal moments that triggered significant shifts in investment sentiment, and we'll analyze the turning points in AI's history that propelled the technology from mere possibilities to tangible investment realities. Investors' attitudes towards this field have gone through three phases. Initially, there's always a sense of skepticism. Then it can go through a bit of a period of hype. There's a lot of excitement, maybe sometimes too much excitement. And then that may eventually lead to a bit of a crash of excitement in any type of new technology. Here with me today is Jeff Shen, co-CIO and co-head of Systematic Active Equity at BlackRock, an investment team that emphasizes the use of data-driven insights and cutting-edge technology in their approach. Jeff and his team have been at the forefront of innovation in AI for decades, from their role in helping to start BlackRock's AI labs several years ago, to the strides that his team is making in leveraging the latest AI advancements in their investment process today. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on The Bid. Thanks for having me. So, Jeff, I'd like to start by asking you to talk a little bit how you got started in this field of systematic investing. And then what is your interpretation of some of the most recent developments in artificial intelligence? Absolutely. So I started in graduate school, got a PhD in finance and have been in the investment world for the last 25, 30 years. I'll say that it's certainly been extraordinarily exciting to see some of the most recent development. Some people like to call it the age of AI, the age of big data, the age of machine learning. And we're going to get into a little bit of what all of these things mean. I'll say, given what's going on in the world, this is certainly a bit of a golden age. We've also never seen so many developments in different algorithms to interpret this interesting data. And then eventually, relative to the investors, I think the most important thing is how do you make sense of all of this data and what you can do with this data and eventually lead to a better investment outcome. Clearly, we're going to get into generative AI, large language model. If I have to step back a little bit, we've been looking at numbers for the last 40, 50 years. And large language model or natural language processing in general certainly allow us to be really smart readers of any of the text out there, whether it's earning transcript, whether it's broker calls, whether it's news articles. Now we can read smartly as an investor. And I think that's a revolutionary step that can impact how AI can be applied in the investment world. And that's interesting that you use the term golden age for data, for technology, and how it's maybe helping you do your job. But maybe if we could just take a step back and tell us a little bit about maybe some of the technology milestones that led to the development of artificial intelligence. Just wind the clock back and help us understand where we've come from. Now we can wind back the clock 
a lot if we want. Because when you think about artificial intelligence, it is really a field that encompasses uh, many different subfields. You know, if you go back to logic, go back to Aristotle, or if you go back to normal distribution, at the same time, the artificial intelligence field as we know it today probably can date back a bit around 1940s and about 80 plus years of research and development. When we think about in 1969, Marvin Minsky and John McCarthy were given a Turing Award. A big part of it is actually about how do we think about representation? How do we think about reasoning in a machine intelligence way? And when we say machine intelligence, essentially you can really think about an intelligent agent would get a bunch of inputs. And then the agent would go through a rational set of calculation, what we call algorithm. And the output would be a set of rational actions and behaviors that is actually desirable in a particular type of environment or context. The development here is about better input, meaning better representation, better sensing technology, better algorithm. How do you process this information better? And also how you measure the success is really to think about the output or the behavior coming from this kind of intelligent agent whether that can learn in a new environment, whether it can adapt to a new environment. So how good the output is. So it is really about better sensing, better processing or better algorithm, and then eventually leading to better output. I didn't realize you would take us back to Greek philosophers in winding the clock back. But you also made the point that a lot of the research and development has been taking place over the last 80 years. Certainly a long period of time, there have been advancements in this field. Have there been certain breakthroughs or milestones that triggered a shift in the investment trends in artificial intelligence, where it started to get the attention of those who wanted to, again, invest in this field and weren't just observing it from afar? Yeah, I think the investor's attitude towards this field certainly have gone through, I call it a potential three phases. Initially, there's always a sense of skepticism. How can an intelligent system be better than human? in behaving or delivering certain output. So there's a, certainly a phase of skepticism, which is normal for any type of new technology. Then I think it can go through a bit of a period of hype. There's a lot of excitement, maybe sometimes too much excitement. And then that may eventually lead to a bit of a crash of excitement in any type of new technology. And I think for AI, I'll say that back in 1950s, there was a prediction that AI system would beat the world champion in chess in about 10 years. So you're thinking late 1970s, AI would be able to beat the world champion. That did not happen until 30 years later. We all know the story of Deep Blue and Gary Kasparov in 1997. If he lost, it would be a landmark in both the worlds of chess and of science. And that's exactly how it turned out. The game was over in just an hour. Initially, there was certainly a bit of a hype. Then in the 1980s, there was certainly a bit of an AI winter, and that caused a lack of enthusiasm in the sector. And then clearly, given some of the latest development, I think right now we're certainly seeing quite a bit of excitement, quite a bit of hype. So I think from an investment perspective, I would like to think a thoughtful approach in any of these technologies is important. Because there could be hype, there could be skepticism, there could be crash. It's always important to think about what is really going to impact the future, what is really going to survive some of the hypes. And I think the thoughtful approach is certainly an approach that BlackRock likes to take. 
And presumably this cycle that you highlighted, and I'd never heard the term AI winter, but I get the sense, of course, those are periods where there was more pessimism towards this technology. But a lot of technology goes through that cycle, perhaps, that you've described, the hype, the pessimism. So with respect to artificial intelligence, why is it that it has reemerged as a viable investment opportunity? I think it's safe to say we're out of an AI winter. Yes, 1980s is quite behind us. I want to take us back a little bit to think about some of the games that AI has actually delivered. I talked about 1997 chess match. Deep Blue won over Gary Kasparov, the world champion back in the days. People also may remember that in 2011, the IBM Watson system actually ended up winning Jeopardy. Let's go to legal ease for 1200. Watson. What is executor? Right. Same category, 16. We thought Jeopardy is a very human type of endeavor. And for folks in Asia, the game Go has been around for a couple thousand years. And the Google DeepMind developed this algorithm called AlphaGo. And that essentially is an AI system that actually defeated Lisa Do, who was the world champion back in 2016. If you don't know what the game Go is, it's a game with a board and you put black and white pebbles on top of it. And the whole objective of the game is to occupy as much territory on the board as possible. The difficulty of the game is that the number of possibilities of the moves is more than the atoms in the universe. What Google DeepMind did was trying to use essentially what we call as machine learning. It is actually learning along the way. So to a certain extent, the chess, what they did was a bit of a brute force. They imagined all the possibilities and they went for it. The game of Go, the issue is that you cannot get to the, the end by imagining all the possibilities. The beautiful thing here is really that the machine came out with some of the moves that the human, Lisa Do in particular, thought was pretty dumb moves. But it turned out to be brilliant moves 10 minutes into the game. So that was a surprise in the sense that it won without mimicking human. It won because it went with machine way of thinking about what's most rational move under the circumstance. And it was adaptive along the way. So I think that was probably the most surprising part when we say artificial intelligence. That was probably the manifestation of artificial intelligence because it had nothing to do with human intelligence. Just to dwell on this uh, they developed another system called Alpha Zero, which did not even know the rules of the game. And it essentially self-simulated. So it was playing against itself, trying to learn the game. That was a major breakthrough because it did not rely on any of the prior human knowledge. And it basically self-simulated. So it played against itself such that it knows the objective. Eventually, you want to occupy as much territory as possible. Other than that, it did not know anything. It ended up actually winning against some of the world champions. So that's the part that's most exciting. So I'll say that some of these big triumphs of AI systems that actually defeat a human or world champion in particular games certainly has been an extraordinary excitement, both in terms of thinking not only what AI can do, but also the potential for AI system to surpass 
human capabilities. That certainly creates a lot of excitement, but also creates some level of anxiety. And I would say that leads both towards potential opportunities, but also there's quite a bit of a risk that people are considering. And so just bringing it back to the investment landscape, what are some of the types of companies in the AI space that are attracting the attention of investors? I think right now, generative AI, especially related to large language model, is certainly all the excitement. Language is so central to our civilization, to our culture. And if you have an AI system that can have language essentially at its own disposal and being able to not only mimic a human, but also in a lot of tests, you can see that it's actually whether it's an AP test for some of the high school graduates or some of the GMAT or GRE type of tests, it certainly has demonstrated very strong capabilities. That part is actually generating a lot of excitement. I think the second part is also if you're providing tools for the AI revolution, whether it's chips or whether it's systems, whether it's cloud computing. So the tools companies are also benefiting from this overall AI trend. So that's probably the two big ones. Clearly, the outlook for this space is there will be certainly a few winners, but I think there's also could be quite a few losers because this is a very competitive space. And on the generative AI side of it that you mentioned, as artificial intelligence becomes more mainstream and more people talking about it, one of the things that gets raised, and I think you touched on this, there's ethical concerns, there's questions around the biases that might exist in the data that AI is processing, there's data privacy concerns. So how do you see these generative AI companies dealing with those issues? Or are they waiting for public policy to step in and regulate this in their own way? Yeah, I'll come back to regulation second. I think just looking at the state of the world, I'll make a couple of observations. One is that biased data will lead to biased output. Data integrity is very important and making sure that the data is covering all different aspects of the world so that we can get a more balanced output. So I think the integrity of data is certainly critical for the success of the AI system. The second part is some of these algorithms that's been run are extraordinarily powerful. Millions, billions of parameters that's actually been put into the system. The challenge there is really that the transparency aspect of it is actually very difficult to achieve, just given how complex these systems can be. Probably some people may have heard about the neural network that's underlying a lot of these generative AI systems. When you get into the billions of parameters, it's very difficult to figure out how the decisions is actually being made. That level of transparency can be of concern. So come to the regulation, I think this is also the field that the industry, the technology are certainly ahead of where the government policies are. And this is actually where education for the policy makers, making sure that people really understand not only the power, but also the risk associated with the systems are very critical. I think it's also a competitive game, whether it's a competition within the industry, competition around the globe, it's also forced industry to need to go very fast. On one hand, this is a very powerful tool that can be transformational in a lot of industries, certainly in the investment industry. At the same time, the regulation is one or two steps behind. So I think that's the conundrum that we face. And so, Jeff, you took us back many years in terms of the history and some of the milestones that we've seen that have helped the development of artificial intelligence. You're using this in your day-to-day job as a systematic investor in present day. 
So take us forward into the future. What are some of the developments that you see happening in AI? And what are the investment opportunities for investors? I would call it three things that I think for people to think about. Big data, big model, and big crowd. On the big data front, there's certainly a lot more data available. And from an investment perspective, this is certainly about how do you take as much data as possible in your decision-making. And it's a scale game. It's a bit of a race on how much data you can absorb, how much data you can process. But I think the race is on. And I think that's also where the excitement can be because if you can measure things, you can make better decisions. And data is really the new oil for the AI system. On the big model front, we talk about generative AI, we talk about large language model. These models are getting to be more and more powerful, also more and more flexible. I'll give you one specific example. Today, we can measure many things. We can also combine them in a way that is actually optimal. So it is not only about measure many different things in the economy, in the world, but it's also combining them so that you can form a holistic decision through a big model by combining features together. So I think from that perspective, the big model not only allows you to combine different things in an efficient fashion, but also allow you to tackle multiple objectives. You may care about the investment outcome. You may care about drawdown characteristics. You may care about the climate impact. So this kind of big model really allows you to combine things in an efficient way, but also allow for considering different objectives. And the big crowd aspect of it, if you think about how generative AI is actually coming from, the human input is becoming more and more important in getting the AI system to be better. So it is interesting that even though we call it artificial intelligence, human intelligence is actually quite important element of artificial intelligence. So I think this idea of human in the loop is certainly something that I think is here to say. We are making the system better and to allow the system to produce more rational response. The new world, it's not only about generating new ideas. We can see that from a generative AI perspective, we can generate a lot more. But I think the human input here also really allows us to think about how we judge these things. How do we discriminate the good output in relation to mediocre output? So I think the human aspect of it is actually also evolved from going from purely at a job of generating things to one that's also about discriminating different outcome. So I'll say that big data, big model, and big crowd are some of the exciting things as we look forward. Well, that's an easy way to remember your outlook. And that last point is a good example of just as technology evolves and it appears to be displacing humans and what they do, humans adapt and humans contribute to that technology and work alongside that technology. So I'm going to go out on a limb, Jeff, and say this is not the last time we're going to talk about artificial intelligence on the podcast. So we look forward to having you back at some point in the future. And thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Oscar. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bid. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check back next week for part two of our deep dive into AI, where I chat with Brad Betts, former NASA scientist and global equity researcher for BlackRock's systematic investment team. One of the senior members of the lab had gone to a conference and gave us all a briefing. And it was the first time that I had heard about artificial neural networks. And these neural networks are the key architecture behind things like ChatGPT. 
Here I was seeing a computer learning how to do it. It wasn't being instructed explicitly by humans. It was learning how to do it. And this fascinated me. Where we look to the future of this technology and explore the potential applications for AI in the investment world. Subscribe to The Bid wherever you get your podcasts. This content is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or a solicitation. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. In the UK and non-European economic area countries, this is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. In the European economic area, this is authorised and regulated by the Netherlands Authority for the Financial Markets. For full disclosures, go to blackrock.com slash corporate slash compliance slash bid dash disclosures.